the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So this week we're going to be kicking off a new series. We're going to be doing four weeks looking through peace. So to give you a heads up of where we're going to be going over these four weeks, today we're kicking it off looking at go in peace. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. We're talking about going in peace. The second week we're going to be stepping into my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it. So Jesus is giving us a peace that's different to what the world is offering. And then finally, the third week, we're going to be going, blessed are the peacemakers. So Jesus is doing this whole open source thing with peace, and he wants us to replicate it in the environment around us within our region, our spheres of influence. And then we're going to try and approach like the peace that surpasses all understanding. We're doing it that way because I don't know about you, but I've had these moments in my life where I've been feeling like real anxiety about a situation and someone always just lays their hand on the right shoulder. I don't know why it's the right shoulder, but it's always the right shoulder. Maybe it feels warmer, I don't know. And they say, Lord, just give Annie the peace that surpasses all understanding. So they start at this like, let's fly into the stratosphere. Let's go into outer space when I don't even know how to walk yet. So we're going to flow through a few different ideas about what peace is. One of the things that helps is sometimes when we talk about a particular word, sometimes what we're talking about isn't what everyone else is talking about. So for example, Love Island, they are not talking about love. When I'm talking about love, I am not talking about anything associated in any way that is at all relatable to anything they talk about on Love Island. It's a totally different thing. When the Bible talks about peace, it's often not the same way that you and I would talk about peace. They use a particular word in the Hebrew language called shalom, and it means so many different things. It's a whole different ideology to that which maybe we're used to. So I'm going to be looking at the first time, uh, first use of this word that really comes into play, and it's around Abraham. So if you've got your Bibles or if you're on the City Hall app, uh, then you can look at Genesis chapter 15. I'm going to read through this passage, and then I'm going to touch into a few different chapters, but just summarizing them. So this is the one bit we're going to be reading together. So in verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield, and your reward should be very great. But Abraham said, O Lord God, what will you give me? What will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This shall not be your heir. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look towards the heavens, the number of stars, if you're able to number them. Which is incredible because Abraham is in Israel. He's not in London with uh, light pollution. There's no, there's no pollution in the sky. You just see the stars. There's no clouds in the sky. So when he looks up, there's no light pollution. There's no clouds in the sky. What he would see is this unbelievably crystal clear. I don't know if you've ever been out in the countryside on a clear day, clear night, and looked up at the stars. It is just mind-blowing. It just blows you away. Abraham has no clouds in the sky, no nothing. And he, God takes him and he says, look at this. He says, look toward heaven, the number of stars, if you're able to number them. So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you the land, this land to possess. O oh Lord, how am I to know that I shall possess it? 
And he said to him, bring me a heifer three years old, bring me a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he brought all these, he cut them in half, laid them each over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell on him. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Know for certain that your offspring will be travelers in the land that is not theirs. They will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. So that's all about Israel being in Egypt um, after Joseph and, and that, t- that time frame. Moses coming to lead them out. As for you, you shall go to your father's in peace, in shalom. You shall be buried in a good old age. They shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun has gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, to your offspring, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river of Euphrates. And then he mentions all the different types of people groups that were living in that area. So there's a few things that I really want to major in on today. The first one is you shall go to your fathers in peace. I love it because if you're a kid uh, and you grew up in church, you will have at some point sung like the, the song about Abraham. Many sons have father Abraham, I'm one of them, so are you, so let's all praise him, right arm, left arm, and you end up just like that as a kid, just shaking like crazy, and goes faster and faster and faster. Well, from this passage, I find it funny because you shall go to your fathers, plural, it's like, how many dads does this guy have? No, he just means like his ancestors, you're going to go to them, you're going to be completely peace, you're going to be completely whole. Abraham's thing is that God says to him, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give something to you, and Abraham does this thing where he says, well, what are you going to give me? Because my heir is Eliza in Damascus, some next guy that I'm kind of loosely connected to, but he's not my heir. I don't have any kids. It's almost like Abraham's been walking around, living his life, listening to, on on Apple Music nonstop, listening to Backstreet Boys incomplete. This guy just isn't whole. This guy has loads of money. He's got loads of influence. The surrounding tribes and nations have waged war against him and lost miraculously. He's doing really great. Everything in his life, you can look at him and go, wow, Abraham's got it all. But his thing, when God says he's going to give him, he's going to bless him, he goes, but what's the point in giving me anything? Anything you give me just ends here. It's going to go over there to this place. There is this huge sense for Abraham that he isn't complete, that he isn't whole. He doesn't have what they call peace. Peace is like, for, for them, it's like shalom is taken from the root word shalam, which means to be safe in mind, in body, or estate. It speaks of completeness, fullness, or a type of wholeness that encourages you to give back, to generously repay something in some way. The only thing that Abraham was lacking was an heir. He was just literally Backstreet Boys, incomplete, again and again, on repeat. This thing cutting him up inside. So it says that Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. He believed what God said. He believed he was going to have this son. But then when we go straight from 15 to 16, there comes this point where what he believed God for hasn't happened. It hasn't come to pass. He hasn't had this kid. And so he's old in age and throughout his whole life, he's lived trying to have this child with his wife, Sarai, who's absolutely mad hot. 
Mad Hot Honey, he's got turning heads even in her old age, so she must have been something. Um, other tribal leaders, kings and stuff, they were always trying to get his girl. And he, he was often quite afraid to say that was his wife because he thought they'd kill him and take her. So she must have been something to see. So he's always tried to have his child with her. Everyone else in the tribes around him, all the other big influential people, all the other rich people, what they would do, if you've ever seen the US TV series, Handmaiden's Tale, is they would take a handmaiden, they would get her pregnant and have the child that way. Abraham's never in his life tried it. He's never tried it. But after God says to him, this is so important, I'm gonna do something amazing, I'm gonna make your descendants so numerous, they're gonna travel this land, they're gonna be servants in a place, but they're gonna leave it with so many possessions. And God says this huge picture, Abraham changes his stance, because he's an old man, he could have done this ages ago. It's almost like he's looked at what God has said, and he's believed God, but in in chapter 16, what he does is he goes, well, you know what, it's still not happening with Sarai, so, I better do this thing. So he takes one of our handmaidens. He takes the side chick. He has the baby. And the baby is born. And the baby is Ishmael. And Abraham thinks, like, that's it. I'm complete. I'm whole. He's done his own thing. But the thing that happens is, in chapter 17, moving on from 16, having the boy, in chapter 16, God starts speaking to him again. And God is like, Abraham, you know, I'm going to make your descendants like the, the, the stars in the sky. And he's going to do all this stuff. And then... It, Abraham's like, what are you talking about? Like Ishmael, Ishmael's here. He's thinking, this is, this is crazy, but God says, your name's Abraham, you're not gonna be Abraham anymore, you're gonna be Abraham, you're gonna be a father of nations. And, and your wife isn't gonna be Sarai anymore, she's gonna be Sarah. And at the moment, he's not just, not just renaming Abraham, he's renaming Sarah. He's making it that this isn't about anything else, this isn't about something you bring to the table, this isn't something that you achieve, this isn't something you add to this. This is, I said at the beginning, he said it, I'm going to give to you. Not you're going to give to yourself. I'm going to give to you a son. I'm going to give it to you. It's not your own ability. It's not your own capacity. I'm going to do this. And so in chapter 17, this moment happens. So the first point I want, I want to make is that Abraham is going to go to his fathers in peace. He's going to go. He's going to die at an old age. He's going to be absolutely complete. He's going to be lacking in nothing. But then in chapter 17, when God says, you're going to have the child through Sarah, the thing he's wanted his entire life, God is going to give to him. Abraham's response to him is he laughs. He's face down on the floor laughing. Now, that shouldn't be seen in the same way that, I think there's a later point where Sarah laughs about this. You know, there's different ways of laughing about stuff. For Abraham, the very next thing he says kind of indicates the pain and the hurt he's going through. You know those moments where it's either you laugh or you cry? You know what I mean? You either just have a full breakdown or you just become that crazy guy like the Joker and you're like... <laughs> whatever that's kind of that's kind of Abraham right now face down on the ground it's not even just disbelief it's hysterical pain it's just tra- it's, 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 it's crushing and then he says oh the Ishmael may live before you the Ishmael may live before you Ishmael may live before you and you see one of the things that hit me when I was reading this passage and when we talk about peace is you and I often don't have peace in our lives in the way that God offers it in the way the Bible talks about it because so often we're trying to hold before God Ishmael You're trying to hold a career before God that he's never really called and given to you. You're trying to make a relationship he's never given for you, never wanted for you to work, and you spend all your effort just trying to convince him that this is a great idea, that this is what is gonna make you whole. And you just, oh, the Ishmael would live before you. Man, I could think about before I met Jody, a previous relationship I was in, I knew I shouldn't be in that relationship. I knew I should've been staying away from her. I knew I shouldn't've been there, but I really loved her. I really liked her. I thought she was so amazing. And I just spent my whole energy going, oh God, that just Ishmael would live before you. That Ishmael would live. 
And the next verse we read, Genesis 17, verse 19. Literally in the Hebrew, it says this. God said, no. <laughs> Literally it. Literal translation. That Ishmael may live. Please, look, everything I've been through, all the pain, the heart, just let Ishmael live before you. God says, no. No, Sarah. That's what he says. No, Sarah. No, Sarah. You see, if God allows Ishmael what Abraham has done, Abraham will never have peace. He will never have shalom. He will never be complete. He will never be whole. He wasn't just lacking a kid. He was lacking that completion with his family, with the woman that he loved, with the woman that he gave everything for. The fact that he's waited to his old age. He could have gone with a handmaiden at any single point before then. At any single point, he could have done it. He hadn't. He'd been holding out. And you see, one of the things that I find is so often in life, when it comes to our faith and it comes to our relationship with God, we spend way too much energy, way too much time trying to make Ishmael live before him. And the reason we do that is because we look at what God has said he's going to do for us and it seems so inconceivable. Abraham looks at the stars in the sky and he's overwhelmed and at the time he believes God and is reckoned with his righteousness but later on, now he's ready to settle. He's ready to go for the, the whatever's in reach, whatever could be possible to try and get there. God says no. God says no. God says no. I know... Often that's not what we want to hear on a Sunday morning. We don't want to hear God says no. We don't want to hear that. We want to hear that Ishmael gets to live before him. We want to get to hear that actually the thing that you're pushing with all that you have right now is one of the things you and I have to understand is that God doesn't have your eye line. He doesn't see these walls around you, the roof, the limitations, all that stuff. God's eye view isn't even limited in height, but it goes and spans throughout eternity. And when God starts putting a plan in place for you, we have to do what Abraham first did and we have to believe him and it's reckoned to us as righteousness because if we follow the plan that God has for us, there's a day when we will go home to our forefathers, to our foremothers, and we will be whole. We will be at peace. We will experience tranquility. We'll experience joy. Jesus talked about, he talked about those of a generous mentor and he talked about, you remember, the, the, you'll have heard it in church so many times, like, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. And you hear a guy go crazy about that. Now, I'm not like a, I'm totally against the prosperity gospel, but shalom is actually about prosperity. It's not separate. It's all these different aspects. It's when you take one aspect and you make that the main thing, but shalom is all encompassing. And the point is that God just does such an extraordinary work in you that it just starts flowing out and it's flowing out. And whether it's love, whether it's joy, whether it's tranquility, whether it's peace of mind that you have, whether it's prosperity, he just wants it to come. He wants to fill up the pot and he wants it to flow out from you, not pointlessly into nothing, but into people, into communities, into individuals. And so Abraham has had all this wealth, all this stuff, but there's going to be a shift in Abraham that you see Isaac comes and all of a sudden you're going to see Abraham starts to become whole. He starts to become whole. He starts to experience and step into that peace. And you know what the interesting thing he says? You will go to your fathers in peace. You see, you and I have this idea and what we want is we want it to be true what people have prayed over me most of my life. We want to just be able to sit in a chair, someone put a hand on our shoulder and we just want to be able to say, Lord, just give them the peace that surpasses all understanding. We always want that one. We want Ishmael to live. We want the quick fix. We never want to hear go in peace. 
We never want to hear that we've got to step out into the unknown, into the impossible to see God do amazing things. Because if you notice something, one of the things that God says, he talks all about his descendants, he talks about all the stuff that's going to happen, but then he says, as for you, you're not going to see any of it. You're not going to see anything. As for you, you will go to your fathers in peace. He's saying you're going to die, but you're going to die whole. You're going to die complete. You're going to die knowing my peace. But this is what I'm going to do with that seed in the sky. That's what I'm going to do with these stars, with this nation, with this people. But you and I, we just want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. What we really mean is we don't want the peace of God that surpasses understanding. We want the peace of God that fits our understanding. We want the peace of God to be shrink-wrapped. We want the peace of God to be let Ishmael live before you. Let me just have peace as I carry on my life, going the direction I want to go. Let me just do whatever it is I want to do. Let me never worry about whether this is what God has for me, what God wants for me. We want it shrink-wrapped. Let Ishmael live before you. Let Ishmael. And we, and we come to church and we're troubled about something and we're feeling unpeaceful about something. We're feeling this discontent constantly. We just want someone to pray for us to have peace. Pray for us to have peace while we can keep letting Ishmael live. Keep letting Ishmael live before us. Keep letting that be the plan when God has something totally different that goes past our experiences. Like, man, guys, I just want to encourage you guys this morning that I honestly believe that God has a plan for you, that God has a plan to prosper you, that God has a plan for your well-being, God has a plan for your mental health, for your spiritual health, for the health of those around you, that God has a plan for your finances, God has a plan for you to prosper, God has a plan for you to flourish, God has a good plan for you. But you know what? It doesn't just happen to Abraham like that. He doesn't just meet God in this moment and it's all okay. It doesn't happen like that but he goes in peace and he every day starts moving in a direction towards the peace of what it is that God has for him. The funny thing is actually when we talk about exploring peace, peace means salvation. So shalom is about salvation and the very thing that Abraham does is he takes the the animals that are requested and he cuts them in half and puts them on the floor and he, he spends his whole day until night. So at night he gets the first vision, he spends his whole day staying awake, fighting off any predators so they don't attack the meat because he believes this is a this is a contract this is like a piece of paper that you sign and it'd be between two people and what happens is one of them would then pass between the pieces and say if I do not fulfill my contractual obligation may I be of these pieces on the ground and what happens in this story is Abraham never walks down it so he never signs the contract because this is something that God does and it says that when he wakes up he sees the lamp going up and down the pieces and what happens is you see God makes a beautiful promise of what he's going to do that he's going to give peace that he's going to bring shalom he's going to rebalance everything and part of rebalance is actually judgment it's not just the good side of it so what he says about the Amorites and those people they're in the area he goes I've got to wait for the sin to be right because I'm not just going to go doing wrong to these people they need to get what they deserve to be moved out it's not a case that we're just going to go around doing this thing pushing this thing ahead on our own agenda we have to wait for the fullness of time that these people are going to receive the judgment they deserve to be moved out of this area in this place everything about peace is about perfect balance and about justice and about righteousness and in this moment what happens is Abraham never goes down the pieces man never goes down it but God goes down it and God says basically that means if God breaks the covenant he will be as the pieces that he will lose his life it also means as he's the only one who goes down it that if man breaks it God will lose his life that Jesus would come and that he would be the restoration, that he would be the fulfillment of Shalom, which is why when Jesus walked this earth, he said, what we're going to be talking about next week, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it, that he's going to restore the balance for you in a way you never dreamt possible, that he's going to bring tranquility, peace of mind, a sound mind, a sound spirit, and he's going to bless you with prosperity in a way you never dreamed possible because that's what he says he is. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. 
Wherever you're at in your life, whatever it is for you that you're lifting up right now as Ishmael that you won't let go of and you won't release to God, you need to let it go. You need to frozen it right now. Make a decision today. I'm letting, I'm letting go of this. I'm laying this down. I'm letting it go. God, what, let your will live before me. Let your plan for me live before me because I know and I trust that you're bringing perfect peace. And then this Sunday, as you, as you, as you trust him, as you step out, May you go in peace knowing that at the end of your path, at the end of your journey, you will go to your forefathers, your foremothers in peace. I'm going to pray for us today. Lord, so often we want peace to be shrink wrapped. We want it to be like a, the free toy that comes with a happy meal. We want to reduce your plan and your goodness for us to something that's a quick and easy fix. So often we want to be like Abraham where we go, well, this is the plan, but let me just do any next way to try and make these things happen or fast forward it. And we end up spending our lives trying to make Ishmael live before you when Ishmael is never what you had for us. Father, I pray today that, Lord, you would receive us exactly where we are and that you would work out your perfect plan within our lives. I pray you would help us to believe you because Abraham believed you and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. I thank you, Lord, that Abraham went to his forefathers in shalom, in perfect peace. Father, I thank you that, Lord, not through any actions of our own, but through what Jesus has done, that he paid the price, that he was the lamp going between those pieces, that you gave your life, that we could experience peace in a way we never knew possible. Father, I pray this week you would help us to step in the direction of what you have for us. And I pray that next week, Lord God, we would receive the peace that you give to us, not as the world gives it. In Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.